of a person to be strong but not have to show their strength in the exact same way. See, the strongest person is not the person who snaps and shows everyone how strong they are. The meekest person is the strongest person is the person who can handle the situation and chooses not to. Today's message we'll discuss a word you don't hear often outside of the Bible, meekness. Being meek tends to bring to mind a weak person, someone who lets others push them around and take advantage. Pastor Daniel will tell you, though, that meekness means the opposite. It actually means strong. Meekness is a strength that doesn't have to be demonstrated, although it's always there, and generally noticed by others. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 5 and Galatians chapter 5 as he begins his message, The Beauty of Peace. There's one question that no matter what age you are, no matter how successful you've become, there's one question that plagues all of us. And it's a real and an honest question. It's the question simply, am I enough? Isn't it true? It's like when you look at the things in your life that you don't understand, it always boils down like, so am I enough? Like, am I smart enough? Am I secure enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I handsome enough? Am I healthy enough? Have I done a good enough job to deserve love? Am I successful enough? I mean, there's a story about the Rockefellers and said, how much more money do you want to make? He says, I just want to make a little bit more, you know? So the question is, is am I enough? And In all honesty, that question fuels probably the bulk of our insecurity as people, isn't it? Am I enough? Now, what's fascinating is, is that if you really think about the question, am I enough? The very fact that we ask the question gives us an invitation into a reality that we don't often like. See, the only reason a person asks, am I enough? Because there's a Reality that we all know that none of us are enough. Now, I know you're like, Fusco, come on. It's like you're two minutes into the message, you're telling us that we're not enough. And the answer is absolutely you're not enough, and neither am I. That's true. You're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not healthy enough. You're not smart enough. You're not. But if that's all the story is that question, then life is depressing. But that's not the only story. See, that's true. You are not enough. And my friends, that is exactly why we believe in Jesus. Because in our lack, Jesus came and said, 
You were weighed in the balance and found wanting. You do not have it all together. On your best moment of your best day, you are radically in need and you are not enough. But I'm going to send my son who is enough to die in your place to be resurrected from the dead and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to indwell you that you will always know that yes, you are not enough but Jesus is enough and because you are in Jesus, you are worth it. And my friends, I know it's kind of a weird way to start a message. I've battled with it for a week now, you know? But listen, that's the gospel. And know what you have with this reality... Me, I'm not enough. You, you're not enough. But Jesus is enough. And that's why he died on the cross. And that's why God placed a spirit in us. So that even though left up to our own devices, we're not enough. Jesus being enough. He is transforming our lives. See, this reality changes everything. Because now for you and I, when you ask the question, am I enough? You know the answer is, Jesus is enough. And God's working on me. And my friends, if we, and not just we, us here at Crossroads, but if we, within all of humanity, those who I are saying, I want to follow Jesus, if we grab hold of that, that transforms all of our insecurities into invitations. And one of the things I love so much about Jesus is Jesus is not scared of who we are. Our culture is scared of humanity. Like, you're scared of who you are, and so am I, because in the question, am I enough, there's that always like, oh, no, I'm probably not, but how do I make myself feel like I'm enough? And then what we do is we begin to play games with ourselves, with lies to try and fortify something that is impossible to stabilize. But then Jesus comes on in, And then Jesus now takes all of our insecurities and we begin to realize that every time I say, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Do I have enough? Am I enough? Am I deserving of anything? Whenever that question comes, we get driven right into the arms of Jesus. And in the presence of of our Savior, we begin to realize that our in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. In our feelings of insecurity, the anchor of his strength holds. But Jesus is teaching us that the way to security is through an acknowledgement of our insecurity. Jesus teaches that the way to life is through death. The way to abundance is through self-denial. And once again, you have Jesus and his message driving us to a place that as a culture, our culture won't go. And this is why we're doing this series, because When we think about what beauty is, beauty is what is pleasing to somebody. And we've said it many times that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Like each person gets to decide, I see this as beautiful. And that's a great privilege, isn't it? That like you get to say, this is what I think is beautiful. For one of us, you walk out in the rain here in the Northwest and you look up, you're like, oh yeah. Water. And then others of you are like, will you get that 
water away from me, you know? I just want to see the sun. Otherwise, like, I know the sun's up above the haze, the overcast, the cloud. I know it's up there, and that's good enough for me. And I was like, if I don't see the sun, I'm going to be mad all year. You know what I mean? Each one's entitled to that. But at the same time, God sees certain things as beautiful as well. In the eyes of God, there are things that are beautiful. And what we keep seeing is that what God sees as beautiful is often never what we would see as beautiful. And so as we've been exploring, this is God's view of beauty. We're looking at two places. We're looking at the Beatitudes of Matthew 5, right? And the fruit of the Spirit of Galatians 5, right? And we're putting them together because there's nine of each of them. And what we're learning, and it's beautiful because as I've been talking with so many of you, you know, both never putting the nine Beatitudes and lining them up with the nine fruit of the Spirit, but also that this is what God sees as beautiful and why. So we've already seen, and we've been memorizing it together, right? We've already seen that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we linked that up with the fruit of the Spirit as love. And we began with this reality that what God sees as fortunate, lucky, beautiful, is somebody who realizes that they're spiritually bankrupt. That literally, we don't bring anything to the table. Like, we just bring our sinfulness to the table. And God sees that as beautiful. And in the reality of that, God's spirit births love in our hearts because when we realize our bankruptcy spiritually, then we have no reason not to love somebody because it's our pride that keeps us from loving somebody. It's our judgmentalism that keeps us from loving somebody. So our own lack of what God sees as beautiful keeps us from walking in love the way Jesus did. Then we saw, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. That poverty leads to mourning, right? And it's not a I am broken, I have a hard heart, but we still have a soft heart that feels in the midst of our brokenness. And then we found the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's joy. Because our culture says that joy comes from the absence of struggle, but our Bibles say that joy comes from the presence of God transforming our struggles. So God brings joy through struggles. Now, today we have the third, and we've been memorizing these together. So we get this from Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, and also Galatians 5, 22. It says this, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, and the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Let's all say this together. Ready? Go. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Okay. So we start with... Now, could we just be honest? How many of you have never heard the word meekness outside of your Bible? It's amazing that Jesus says that this is a blessed position, a happy position, a joyful position. And for many of us outside of this book, we don't ever talk about it. I've never heard the word meekness used in our culture, not one time. So it shows now, once again, how subversive Jesus' teaching is. That there is the way that the world works in every generation, in every culture, and then there is the way of Jesus, the way of God's kingdom, and that way is so different. Now, what do you need to know about weakness first? And I think this is so important, my friends. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness 
is not weakness. Now, when I explain to you what meekness is, you're going to get why I have to say it that way. But our culture believes that any sort of humility, any sort of lack of self-promotion is a sign of weakness. And anytime you meet somebody who is self-effacing in any sort of a way, we begin to think that they're a problem, but and that there's a weakness to it, but it's not true at all. Because meekness literally means the absence of any sort of pretentiousness. And also, with it suggests not only a gentleness, but also the self-control that a gentleness would entail. So let me explain it to you this way. One commentator said that meekness is strength under control. So meekness is the ability of a person to be strong, but not have to show their strength in the exact same way. See, the strongest person is not the person who snaps and shows everyone how strong they are. The meekest person is the strongest person is the person who can handle the situation and chooses not to. That's where true strength is. It's funny, you know, my son Obadiah just turned 13. You know, I can't believe I'm a parent of a teenager. I don't know how that happens. It's amazing to me. But, you know, Obadiah is 13. I mean, he's wearing my clothes, like legitimately fitting in them. He's got bigger feet than I got. He's got a little mustache going. I keep telling him, you're going to have a beard and dreads. He's like, no, you know. But he's at that age now, and especially with he has two younger sisters, you know, it's like where I'm like, buddy, you can handle your sisters physically. You can do that. You're stronger than they are. I'm like, but the strongest person knows he can do it and knows that he shouldn't, so he doesn't. And that's what meekness is. You want a great definition of meekness? Take the word meek, M-E-E-K, and put a hyphen in the middle. Me. Pretty good, right? Now, think about it in the progression of what we've been seeing. If you're poor in spirit, which leads you to mourn, now all of a sudden, meekness is the reality that you have allowed God to divorce you of your self-focus. Where the self-aggrandizement, the me putting my self forward, the best version of me, all of a sudden you're like, you know what, that's just all a show. Like, really, when it boils down to, when I look at myself, I'm willing to truly acknowledge that I'm not enough. And my friends, I'm here to tell you, if you can get to a place where in Christ, you're me. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I mean, I got to be over myself. I got to get over myself. It's one thing to say that. And it's another thing to actually verbalize it, isn't it? And especially the person sitting next to you who knows that about you already. You know what I mean? And so, so there's this reality there where they know that you don't have it all together. And you know you don't have it all together. But it's one thing to know it. And it's another thing to be able to say it. Right? But if we're poor in spirit. And if we mourn at the brokenness of the world in which we live in. Then all of a sudden we're like, you know what? I ain't so bad. How many guys remember Rocky? Come on. My Italian brother from Philadelphia. So I remember, so when I was a kid, Rocky Three came out. Those of you who are kids now, Rocky like 97's out. You know? But Rocky Three was out. I remember Mr. T was in Rocky Three. 
you know, and I remember and that and I want to spoil it for you. But I remember like, you know, Clubber Lang, he was a bad dude and Rocky was a stud. But, you know, he, he was resting on his laurels, you know, and then ultimately in that last fight, Rocky's looking at Mr. T. Clubber Lang. And he's saying, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. And, and then like Michael Jackson, you know, not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. You know what I mean? You know, like, and for you guys who don't have any reference of who Michael Jackson is or Mr. T or Clubber Lang, you're just young and praise God for that. Everyone else, you know what I'm talking about. You know, and the idea is, is that like that reality, like you ain't so like that, like you don't got it all together, right? That's what meekness is. But really what meekness actually does, meekness is not, if poverty of spirit is upward, right? It's us acknowledging who God says we are. Then blessed are those who mourn is inward. It's a disposition of the heart. And then meekness is now outward. Where now all of a sudden you have the ability to embrace other people without being pompous, without being arrogant. With Jesus increasing and us decreasing. Now, even though our culture doesn't value it, don't miss the fact that Jesus characterized himself as meek. Listen to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Classic verses. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, or the same exact word as Matthew chapter 5, meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus is saying, look, no matter who you are, no matter how busted up your life is, no matter how much mangling you have done, to your life or other people's life all you who labor and are heavy laden you can come to me like come on he's like take my yoke upon you that idea of a yoke means like take my work upon you when a cattle was yoked with another cattle you put the two together and there was strength in numbers where it's like you know like if you can lift 100 pounds and another person can lift 100 pounds together you can lift 300 pounds right and the same thing he's like take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you'll find rest. See, Jesus in his perfection, in his incarnation, was still in a place where he knew that God was everything. And he was willing to be born in a manger instead of in a castle. And he was willing to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey instead of on a white stallion. And he was rather be surrounded by tax collectors and sinners than by the greatest minds of his day because none of that stuff mattered. Because he knew what really mattered, which was the pleasure of his father, his life being beautiful in the eyes of his father. And so people loved to hang out with Jesus. Little kids thought Jesus was the coolest guy around. The disciples were like, no, Jesus is too busy for you. He's like, no, no, let the kids come to me. Of such is the kingdom of heaven. Don't forbid them. The tax collectors, they loved to be around Jesus, even though he didn't partake with them in the rebellion against God, the way he carried himself in his meekness and lowliness was so inviting. And brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ and you are truly embracing with your heart and lifestyle all that God is for us in Christ, meekness becomes a default characteristic. You know, and I feel so blessed by this because if there was an adjective I would use for my own bride, it would be meekness. My wife, Lynn, is what I would consider to be textbook meekness. I remember when we first got married, I'm from Jersey, and so I moved this sweet, angelic California girl to Jersey. 
It was a rude awakening for this poor girl, you know? First she got married to me. That's a rude awakening in and of itself. And then the environment in New Jersey. Now, what's funny is in, in New Jersey where I live, we used to joke that New Jersey is where the weak are killed and eaten. You know what I mean? And so, and it's pretty true, actually. You know, it's like, there, I mean, there wasn't cannibalism there. There was a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. But, you know, it's like... But it was funny because we get married and Lynn just walking with the Lord and she's like, man, we need to start a women's ministry. But all the Jersey women are so strong, like, you know, bombastically strong, you know, and Lynn would just be like, oh, OK, you know, just like so like, you know, mellow, calm, and, you know, and some of these women, they would try to handle my wife, you know what I mean? Because they're strong, you know, strength, not under control. And I remember one of them, finally, something had gone on and they're like, you know what I realized about your wife? I'm like, yes. What'd you realize? Like, meekness is not weakness. Your wife's strong. I'm like, yeah, she is. But she doesn't need to show it. And brothers and sisters, listen, in our insecurities, we want to flex our strength. In our insecurity, you want to take the best picture with your tummy sucked in and, you know, you sit there and do like a hundred curls before you go up there and you're like, you know, get a little vein in there and... You know what I mean? Little bicep vein and, you know, and, and everything we do is to show how strong we are. But for the child of God, all of that is a sham and we know it's a sham. Now, to make this even more powerful, notice what it says. It says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now, what this means is that biblical strength will be victorious. Now, I think this is so fascinating to me because actually there was one place that I heard of meekness before I heard it in the Bible. And that was from the very controversial American theologian, Frank Zappa. <laughs> I'm sure this is the first time Frank got mentioned from the Crossroads pulpit. So like, you know, I end up, now listen, I'm not recommending going and listening to Frank Zappa, okay? Unless you get his instrumental stuff, then you don't have to worry about it. Some of the lyrics are way off the side. You know what I mean? But I remember he had a song called The Meek Shall Inherit Nothing. Now, if you want like a Jesus and Frank Zappa difference of opinion, that's it right there. And all of Frank's lyrics and music were designed to push out the other side. So I remember hearing that and being like, The Meek Shall Inherit Nothing. And then when I read the Bible for the first time, I'm like, oh. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel began today's message by making an important distinction. Meekness does not equal weakness. In fact, a person who displays meekness is actually strong, but doesn't need to show how strong they really are. You don't have to prove to the world how capable you are. As you realize your need for Jesus, he will help you engage the world in love and humility and give you the strength you need to make a difference. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, 
I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400-51400, and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED. S-A-V-E-D to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will reveal the fruit of the Spirit that fits so perfectly with the beatitude of meekness, peace. Those who strong arm their way through life rarely leave peace in their wake. Yet those who walk the earth humbly and meekly do. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to let peace with others be your goal and will share how your relationship with God and with yourself affects this greatly. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Beautiful. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 